98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. And listen live on the Arizona Sports app. Listen live on the Arizona Sports app. Home court advantage. It's a privilege granted to the number one seed in the NBA playoffs. The Phoenix Suns are that number one overall seed this season. Where does the road to the NBA Finals in the Western Conference have to go through? Phoenix. Suns run to the playoffs. Presented by Canvas Annuity. Just a nice little reset on this beautiful Thursday afternoon, Wolf. We got Major League Baseball starting a week from today. D-backs opening day. Week from today. We got the NBA playoffs starting two weeks from this Saturday. I feel like the Suns will be in a pretty good position in those. Yeah. We've got the uh, NFL draft. So I'm going to do the math here on the fly. Four weeks from today. You believe the NFL draft is only four weeks from today? No. Okay, well, it is. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks for putting up a fight. And uh, But no, back to the Suns. They've got six games to go. That was just like my little reset. They got March Madness on Saturday, Duke, okay, North Carolina. I just, I, this, I like this. There's a lot of stuff going you're, on here. You're like, hey, what's going on? Yes. You're, you're like DA right now. You're surprised. <laughs> Can you believe there's you're, basketball you're going on? Oh, my goodness. The Final Four. It's like the other day when you said a bunch of stuff, and then you said it's 108 on a Monday. <laughs> like one of those caller services they used to have. We're like, what time Brutal. is it? All right, so the Phoenix Suns get the win last night. Devin Booker uh, spoke glowingly after the game about Chris Paul, not because of what Chris Paul necessarily did in last night's game. You want to talk about high praise and what we've heard from guys like Damian Lillard and John Morant towards Devin Booker lately. How about Devin Booker talking about Chris Paul, the impact he has had on the trajectory of his entire career? Everything. Um, It's changed the trajectory of of my career. Always being a, a fan first, you know, and then getting the the behind the scenes, you know. Everybody gets to see what, what he's been doing on the court for the past 20 years. Um, but nobody gets to see the behind the scenes of it. And, you know, I'm, I'm privileged, you know, to, to be able to see it every day and just be a sponge to it. You know, learn, pick up things, you know, even, not even through conversation, just watching. Um, and it's been, it's been the biggest help, not just for me, but for everybody on this team. Where do you begin on that, Luke? Honestly, where do you start? Because I have a lot to say about this. Well, I think um, it's obvious the impact that Chris Paul has had on Devin Booker's career. I talked about this earlier. Even you know, even last season, even early last season, when you hear Dev, Devin Booker postgame or just in interviews, he was starting to talk more like Chris Paul. Um, but what stands out to me most is, A, Devin Booker's willingness to talk about that. Because Devin Booker's he's one of the best players in the NBA now. Yes. Uh, and B, his willingness to, to, to look at what Chris Paul could bring to this team 16 and a half months ago and say, yeah, he can help us win. This guy can also make me a better player. If you're as good as Devin Booker is at basketball, even 16 and a half months ago, how many guys do you really look at in the league and you're like, they can make me a better player? Or maybe around the world, you you look at and say, that guy can make me a better player. And you're willing to admit it. And not just admit it to Chris Paul, admit it publicly, too. I mean, Devin Booker's in a pretty good spot. He should be an MVP candidate this season. He might win an NBA title this season. But it, it, it speaks to the bigger picture of this team. None of them are afraid to rip each other or give each other credit, too. 
Yeah, you know, for me, I have to start with the fact that, once again, there's a lot of players that have accomplished the things that Devin Booker has accomplished in his career that would have seen Chris Paul coming in, especially Chris Paul, somebody that is pretty uh, direct in terms of being a leader, a guy that's going to show up. He's pretty convicted about the things that he has seen, the things he's experienced, the things that he believes, and he's going to make sure you understand those things and he's done that wherever he's been for the most part but there's a lot of players that have achieved the things that Devin Booker has achieved and the success that he has had that would not like being number two being the beta to Chris Paul I'm just telling you right now, is that a shock to anybody out there? I know what it's like in a locker room. I know the human brain that is walking around a lot of these locker rooms. There's a lot of guys that would be threatened by this. I'm the guy here. No, I am the guy. Um, Instead of actually having the humility that Devin Booker is displaying right here, and this is what I love about this. Especially because Devin Booker stuck here through all the hard years. You know, so he's you're looking around. And you're saying, "Okay, I'm going to bring this guy in." If the Suns start winning, if we start winning, I've been here through all these tough years. If we start winning, there's going to be a good chunk of the population that just gives all the credit to Chris Paul. And we saw that last year nationally. A lot of the the the, the attention was, "Okay, well, look at the Suns are good now because of Chris Paul." Well, yeah, partially, but also partially because Devin Booker's really good, and he just yeah. didn't have a supporting cast much before the last couple of years. Um, before you go on, yeah. if you're going to do that, before you go on, it's also the fact that Devin Booker was talking about, for me to see it. For mm. me, what did he mean to see it? He's talking about Chris Paul modeling the culture, modeling the way you go about your business, modeling the professionalism, modeling the work ethic, all of it. You hear me talk about this all the time. You need your best players to model your culture. You need your best players to do it because then everyone else looks at it and goes, wow, he's doing that. Maybe I should do that as well. So to see it when I heard him say that and the sponge to absorb what it is that he is seeing. The humility that it takes for Devin Booker to say that is special. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why he is special. It, it, building on that humility, too, you got to remember, he's not talking about Chris Paul, what he has done for the Suns. He's specifically saying what Chris Paul has done for Correct. my career. Great point. Uh, okay, this is Chris Paul last night. I got That's a couple, why you're here, Luke. For one great point every Thursday around eh, like 110. Um couple good pieces of audio here, one from Chris Paul talking about communicating during the game. Listen, man, when you're out here playing basketball, especially against elite teams like that, you ain't playing checkers. You're playing chess. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a thinking game. You can't just be running around out there like this ain't no pickup game. So so we just uh, it's just all strategy. That's all it is. That's awesome right there. Checkers. You know what? That's what college football is. You're playing checkers. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Taking the unabashed just, shot just at college right football. Now, totally unprovoked. No, honestly, no. And if I were coaching college football, I'd be doing the same thing. You bring a checkerboard out there the you first just, day of practice. You just don't have these kids the way that an NFL team has their players. You just don't. I know you like the football analogy, so real quick, here's Monty Williams talking about Chris Paul at the end of a game this year. When he's on the floor and he has the ball in his hands, it takes a lot of pressure off of all of us. You know what I mean? I, 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 I think that's it. When the great quarterback 
is in a two-minute drill, certain teams just relax in those moments because of the greatness of the guy who has the ball. That's how I feel, you know, and he's, he and I have done it together so many times now. Um, there's a huge connection, but there's a sense of relief for me when he has the ball. Who would have thought that Monty Williams and Chris Paul, their experience together like 10 years ago, would pay off for the sun so much now. <laughs> it's crazy how things work, isn't it? Uh, it is. There's no doubt. But what I love right here, too, when you talk about modeling your culture, you know what Monty Williams just did? He just modeled their culture for everybody. He takes a lot of pressure off all of us. <laughs> he was including himself in that. It's honest. I, I, you know, again, the humility. Monty Williams is in a position right now to win Coach of the Year, and if he doesn't win Coach of the Year, um, look out. There's going to be a barn burning. Um, if he doesn't win Coach of the Year, the Suns are going to sweep whoever they're playing in that series when that's announced. Yeah, I honestly don't know, but I will tell you right now the humility that he just showed once again. One of the best coaches in the the world, in the basketball universe, just saying what he said right there. It's humility, man. It's real. Gratitude is real with the Suns. So is humility. All right, we come back. The NFL draft is four weeks from today. So which offensive players are the Cardinals being linked to most? We'll get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, it is officially NFL draft season. If you want to wait one more day till April 1st, I guess you can. But we're four weeks away from the NFL draft today. And, of course, we've got the NFL, uh, the Cardinals mock draft tracker on ArizonaSports.com. Right now it goes through, and it's, it gets updated, I would say, every couple days by our fine web team here. Let me just giving compliments to everybody. What's, why am I in such a good mood? Flower power. The boys over there, man, I'm telling you right now. Do you still call them flower power? Yeah, I do. Because they work in the web flower? What's going on? How do they respond flower to that? Flower power. They like it. Do they? they okay. rally around it, man. Well, they rally around it. Yeah, they it. rally with oh. a pocket full of shells. <laughs> okay. Metaphorically I, I speaking, of going. course. This is your subtle attempt asking for rage at the uh, the bottom of the hour. I see what's going on here. Rage feels so good, doesn't it? Here we go. Um, so they, they are updating all. They go through all the mock drafts out there, so you don't really have to. I mean, you can if you want, but they go through and they they tally up okay who who do the cardinals uh select in most of these mock drafts it's actually right now in 21 different mock drafts the cardinals are taking uh george karloftis of purdue the defensive end at, uh, okay. at number 23 you know what i'd be okay with that uh if they take him at number 23 right there that tells me they think he's really really good and think he's going to be able to come in and actually make a difference because edge Again, is one of those areas, hey, hey, Rook, go get the quarterback. Go get him. I I, I love that, man. But we're going to go offense here. And it's interesting, now that I'm looking at, uh, we have the top 12 uh, players that are most mocked to the Cardinals on, on the Arizona Sports Mock Draft Tracker. They're mostly defense, Wolf. The more I look at it, it's mostly defensive players. Okay. Uh, but there are a couple offensive players, and they are along the offensive line, or they are at receiver. 
Jamison Williams, wide receiver, Alabama. Williams started off his college career struggling to get playing time at Ohio State, so he made the move to Alabama. That is where he blossomed into one of the country's most productive receivers, notching 15 touchdown receptions and 1,500 receiving yards. That was enough to make him a first-team AP All-American last year. Williams separates from defenders with ease and sports a wide catch radius with his long arms, but he lacks sufficient strength when fighting for catch space. One thing that might hurt his draft stock, he tore his ACL in a college football national championship game in February. A fun fact, when he was in high school, the St. Louis native set a state record in the 300-meter hurdles, breaking the previous record set by Ezekiel Elliott. NFL comp, Dolphins wide receiver, Will Fuller. Oh, there you go. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. We have a winner, apparently. Jamison Williams. Um, okay, so he can run. We all know that. He's a sub 4-4 guy, I believe. I don't have that um, in front of me right now, but I believe he is a sub 4-4 guy. 6-2. Guy that is going to run. What do you mean 6-2? He's 6-2. Yeah. yeah, right. He's got a little size to him. Yeah. But um, he's also a guy that can run. And honestly, um, yeah, that guy could make an impact if you could bring him in and allow him him to run some of these deep routes but you know once again a rookie coming in at wide receiver and making an immediate impact is a rarity it just is one way or the other you've got to look at that evidence and say it the way that it is the jamar chases of the world are far and few between well with that in mind chris olave wide receiver Ohio State. When Olave is on the field, he's the definition of a weapon. This six-foot wide receiver who ran a 4-3-9-40 uses his fluidity to make himself a threat anywhere he plays. Olave does need to add some strength, but his skills more than make up for his slider frame. In 12 starts for the Buckeyes last season, he caught 65 passes for 936 yards while recording 13 touchdowns. If you need a spark to your offense, this Ohio State product could be the conductor. His NFL comparison... Terry McLaurin. Ooh, I want okay, a receiver, Terry so I'm just going to we'll keep playing receiver draft capsules until they take. You one. want it, so this is yeah, this is what you want right here. You want a receiver. You're sure about this, this. is where I've come around to over the last couple of weeks because there's not anybody you're going to bring in that's going to be through free agency at this point. There are a couple names I like, and I and I think you need to do that, but I don't want to be as dependent on DeAndre Hopkins going forward as they were last year. Like how many times have we heard either players or even, you know, Cliff Kingsbury yesterday talking about like, yeah, when when Hopkins went down, it affected us maybe even more than we would have anticipated. Now I hear what you're saying. You bring in Chris Olave, let's say, and that, that would be a, a pretty good scenario if he's still there at twenty three. If DeAndre Hopkins has to miss games, Chris Olave's probably not going to be ready to be your number one receiver. Yeah. But I'm also kind of looking at a guy that could help this year, but also be something big going forward. The, the top of the draft this year is so loaded with receivers that I think you could get like a legitimate guy that could be a number one in a year or two. Yeah, 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 there's no doubt about it, man. They're talking about seven or eight receivers being drafted in the first round. That is that is a huge number right there. Um, I don't think Chris Olave is going to be there at number 23. I, I don't, don't either. But my goodness, if he is... 
Um, yeah, I'd jump all over that. I'd be okay with that as well. Once again, um, you need somebody who's going to come in and make an immediate impact. And the best positions to do that typically are running back, the edge, and corner. Those three right there, I think you could come in and make a real impact. I would also throw in a defensive tackle as well. And that's the thing that has got me really, really interested because a lot of the mocks have Jordan Davis, the massive freak defensive tackle of Georgia, actually being mocked out to the Cardinals at number 23. Mm-hmm. So... So Boy, I, I thought I said that. Jordan oh, Davis, defensive I thought we were doing offense Georgia. here. Davis is a beefy, burly, enormous defensive tackle with surprising quickness and athleticism. He is immovable inside and can be plugged right in to become one of the league's best run stoppers right away. While he does lack agility and is not a great pass rusher, his skill set can definitely translate to success in the right scheme. NFL comp, all-pro defensive tackle, Ted Washington. Button the gap. Button the gap. Button the gap. That's what the Cardinals need to defensively. And there's nothing. And we all know this. If you're listening right now, Red Sea, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There is nothing that will humiliate you. Nothing that will depress you. Nothing that will steal your morale more than just the other team lining up and running over your face. And we've, we've experienced this with the Arizona Cardinals. From time to time, that was a problem. They need a butt in the gap. And if there's a guy like that, you're telling me Jordan Davis is there at number 23? Um, okay, so he's, he doesn't look like he's going to be a great pass rusher. Okay, that's great. We need you to be butt in the gap. Uh, I'll take that all day. I am uh, getting the sense that you would prefer defense over offense since you have steered this conversation to the defensive side of the football. I, I didn't know that we were just going to talk offense. I'm just saying your natural... Ten- it's like those boards where you put your hand on the thing and it moves to the letters. That's that's what you're doing. I, I really... I don't know if there's, there's a guy... He's six six. He's 341 pounds. And he runs like the wind. And you're telling me this dude ran a 478? I... Like, I, I, Jordan Davis is going to be in the, in the freak show. He's going to be in the freak show this year. That much I will promise you. You want to hear something else crazy, too, because the only mock draft I've seen Jordan Davis mocked to the Cardinals is Bucky Brooks, right? Okay. And he just put it out this week. Yes, That's Jordan. the only one? Well, it's the only one I can remember off the top oh, of my head. Because okay. usually he's gone by then, right? But in Bucky Brooks, Brooks mock draft... He doesn't have any quarterbacks going in the first round either. Yeah. So it's not That's great. It, it's not like Jordan Davis fell to the Cardinals in his mock because four quarterbacks went in the top 15 or something. That's that's a great point by you, man. So, so what happens if some quarterbacks go, which they always do? There's going to be quarterbacks yeah, in the top no, 15. You would think so, but maybe not this group. This is one of the this is one of the more tepid quarterback classes in the history of the NFL draft. Yeah, it's not I mean, great. You think about it. Uh, I there could be one quarterback drafted in the first round. Now I think there's going to be two, but there could be one. It wouldn't be shocking. Um, 
I think there's going to be two, and typically at the end of the round two, you never know what's going to happen. Somebody trades in or exactly something. Exactly yeah. right. You never know what's going to happen. Isn't that right, Lamar Jackson? I looked at that number the other day. Um, I don't remember who it was. Somebody in Vegas has the over-under on quarterbacks taken in the first round this year, three and a half, and that seems high to go over. Because I don't know that I see four quarterbacks going in the first round. Yeah. But if you told me the over-under was one and a half, certainly, there's going to be at least two. And, and even if the, that number was two and a half, because of what you just said, I feel like there's always some desperate team at the end of the first round that's like, wait, we could get a quarterback right here. Probably don't have to give up that much. I, I still have to think there's going to be at least two, probably three QBs going. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up. What were our three biggest takeaways from last night's victory over the Warriors for the Phoenix Suns? Suns three-pointer is next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. It is time for a little Suns three-pointer action as Phoenix won game number 62 last night. Now 62-14. and 14. One more win will give them the franchise record. So let's do a little Suns three-pointer right here. Wolf, you ready to go? Yeah. All right. <laughs> that was my big in. first since you're so ready. Okay, Basinonians, my first point of Suns three-pointer has got to be what an ugly game. (laughs) What an ugly game this was. A lot of missed shots. A lot of open shots that were basically clanked. A lot of fouls and a lot of turnovers as well. There were 50 Five free throws in this game. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the most entertaining game, man. Yeah, you know what? It was an ugly game. Um, That's got to be my first point of Suns three pointer. I, I, look, I hesitate to have such a similar first point, but it, it's it is the same. They, the Suns showed that they could win an ugly game. Now they we already know they can win in a variety of different ways, but that was an ugly game against the team that they're likely going to play at some point in the playoffs. And Draymond Green likes a good, ugly game. He had a pretty good game. The Suns, you know, you do wonder, like, okay, what happens if Devin Booker goes out there and just can't hit a shot tonight? Are you going to lose that game in a best-of-seven series? Uh, Last night's any indication, no, you're just going to find a way to win anyway. It'll be Mikel Bridges stepping up, or it'll be Cam Johnson when he's healthy, or it'll be Aiton, or it'll be Chris Paul, or who knows? It could be Jay Crowder hitting his first four threes or something in a game. Um, That, to me, was was one of the most encouraging things from that game last night, is Booker could not hit a shot, and they still won in Golden State. Playback 14-footer is two points. Okay, Al, my second point of Suns three-pointer has got to be, ooh, did you see the bad blood that was out there? A little precursor of what may come if, in fact, these two teams were to square off against each other in the Western Conference in the postseason. Can you imagine that? Draymond Green and Jay Crowder, man, they were going at it all night long, and it was pretty much from the get. The chatter between these two guys and the fact that Draymond Green was calling Jay Crowder small. He was calling him small on the court. 
And then Jay Crowder walked into Draymond Green. Did you notice that? Walked into him in the fourth quarter, and Draymond Green jacked him, pushed him. Um... Yeah, double technical right there. Kind of have to enjoy that kind of competition. There's nothing wrong with that. Make no mistake about it. Intimidation is a part of the game of basketball. No doubt about it. I liked what I saw last night. A little chippiness between Jay Crowder and Draymond Green. And that's my second point of Suns 3 point. Yeah, my second point of Suns three-pointer is the Phoenix Suns will come into your city and they will win a game in front of your fans and then they'll just work out in your arena when they're done. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that entertains me so much, but it does. And it's not, I mean, I knew they had worked out after some of these games. I didn't realize it was happening after every game, but it's just the visuals of it last night because there's a lot of different videos of it. Okay, yeah. Golden State, because this is what it says, Wolf. It basically says, I know maybe this isn't what they're trying to say, but it basically says, yeah, we beat you guys and we still have too much energy left because you really didn't give us that much of a workout. So can you give us some of your workout equipment so we can just work out in your arena and your fans can see what a real team looks like? That's sort of what it says. It's so, I don't know, Visigothian, is it not? That's what I was trying to say. It's like the Visigoths. Yeah, obviously. We're going to come into your village and we're just going to take over everything, including your weight room. Three pointers. That's just showing off right there. Right. Okay, Jasonians. My third point of Suns three pointer has got to be nobody other than Mikel Bridges actually played well for the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> nobody had a great game. Um other than Mikel Bridges. And yet, somehow, some way, the Suns still beat Golden State on their court in front of their fans. Um, they were outshot by the Warriors. They were bad from beyond the arc. They shot, what, 25%? The Suns shot 25% from beyond the arc. They got outboarded. Um, out-assisted, and that's something that is part of the Suns' DNA. That's who they are. They're going to play defense, and they're going to share the ball. That's what we know about them, and Golden State actually did those two things better than the Suns. They got out everything for the most part, and somehow, some way, they still won the game. Devin Booker was 5 of 21 from the floor. They still won the game. This team is so good, it's not even funny. And that is my third point of Suns three-pointer. Yeah, my third point from that game last night is for all the talk that the Suns don't have as much to play for anymore, that they might trail off a little bit here down the stretch, or they might rest guys. They might just not play with the same edge. They have the longest winning streak in basketball right now. They've won nine in a row. And as they were, in theory, supposed to kind of win a little bit less... They're 32-5 and five in their last 37 games. Jeepers. So as these games start to mean less to the Suns in the standings and more to the teams that they are playing each night, they're 32-5 and five in their last 37 games, and they continue to just be dominant on the road, too. Now 31-6 and six on the road this season. That's my final point of Suns three-pointer. See the shots that I took, wet like a bull. 
Um, the shots that he took last night weren't as good as they usually No, are. you know what, honestly, yeah, D-Book, he had a half night. It's going to happen to the best of the best. That's not a surprise. What is incredible is rarely do we see it from Devin Booker missing open shots, especially the mid-range stuff. And when when he's missing open shots, mid-range, that's an indicator right there. That's going to be an off night for the most part It's for D-Book. It's almost... Um, I think this is just the point we've got to with this team in this sunny in this uh, city. But you look at it, the sunny <laughs> that was city. Good. That was nice, <laughs> sunny city. But you you look at Devin Booker having a, an off shooting night, and you think, or at least I do, like, okay, good, because now he's not going to have another one for like twenty games, and they right. won the game anyway. Right, they won the game. Whereas in the in years past, it'd be like something wrong with Devin Booker because if he doesn't make all his shots, we're gonna we're gonna win nineteen games this season. Now it's like, okay, he had his off night. Yeah, he'll probably have another one in like a month and a half. They won the game anyway. Golden shots, State's dropping. Shots that I took wet like a book, right? I mean, that's what you're talking about right there. 62 and 14. See the shots that I took <laughs> wet like a book. Would you say it was Visigothian? Um, yeah, totally Visigothian. Is that, that's, that was the word? The Visigoths. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Visigothian. All right. Yeah. I just did that from memory. Meaning, okay, great. 62 and 14. <laughs> Tied a franchise record. What are you laughing at? <laughs> you just resorted I'm... to saying the, the the record. You sound like DeAndre Ayton over there. <laughs> Wait, we've won 62 games? 62 and four. Well, have you mentioned it? You haven't mentioned it, this beautiful part like of the I program have. right here. I was too busy they talking about the They tied a franchise record. 62 wins, Luke. Are they breaking it on Friday? Ron Wolfley reporting. I mean... Why do we even have update It's kind people? of a big deal right now, and I think they're going to win out. Show me somebody who's going to beat them. Okay, all right. You know what? The Grizzlies, maybe Jaw, maybe Jaw's all jacked up. Look, it's Devin Booker. He loves Devin Booker, respects D-Book's game. Maybe it's Jaw that comes out and just loses his mind. I don't think Jaw's playing tomorrow, though, so we'll see. Oh, good. Uh, WWE 2K22 is out now. Throw down with the biggest and most realistic WWE superstars and legends on PlayStation or Xbox. Head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com now for your chance to win a copy. We come back. Bruce Arians is retiring from coaching and moving to the Buccaneers front office. So how did that impact Tom Brady's decision to come back? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. I had a dream last night when- Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. So, Bruce Arians addressed the media today now that he surprised apparently nobody in the Tampa Bay organization yesterday, but all the rest of us, with his uh, announcement that he's retiring, but not retiring, but he's just not going to be a coach anymore. Looks good, too, B.A. He looked tan, looked healthy, he looked had the healthy. cigar in his pocket. Yeah, you know, it looked like he may have lost a little bit of weight. Well done, B.A. They asked him if the cigar is, uh, why is the cigar there? Is it there for a celebration? Uh, yeah, but it's a special one because this was my Christmas present from the coaches. I got a whole case of them. And uh, if you notice, the label said, no risk it, no biscuit. <laughs> there we go. One of BA's favorites. No risk it, no biscuit. I want to ask you this before we start playing a lot of this BA audio. Um, the the decision 
by Bruce Arians to step down now when he's got a Super Bowl contender. All these guys are coming back now. Tom Brady's coming back. We heard Chris Godwin a couple weeks ago when he was like that just rejuvenated me to hear that Brady's coming back. He steps down so that Todd Bowles can get his chance to coach a, a contender, right? Because yeah. he said, like, you know, if I if I coach him this year and then Brady retires and then maybe we're not as good and I leave, Todd Bowles might not even get the job. Yeah. The only question that I have is um, when does Byron Leftwich get his shot? Because that was I always kind of thought yeah, he might take over. He's got to get in line right there, honestly. Well, and that's, that's, that's going yeah. to be Todd Bowles. But so then, what happens next? Like, where where does this Leftwich is he just next in line? Well, in let Tampa? me tell you right now. If in fact uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are good once again, um, I think Byron Leftwich will get a lot of that credit and acknowledgement. And I don't know if that's going to get him a job, but I do know it will get him. Um, a lot of interviews to be that head coach. Now, the thing that works against Byron Leftwich, it's Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady. And that's always the great thing about it, and it's always the negative side to it. If you're looking for a job and looking to capitalize off of what Tom Brady does, people are going to say it's Tom Brady. And, you know, how much credit is Byron Leftwich really going to get in that situation? Not a lot. That's a good point. And there's more on that uh, topic real quick. Mike Tannenbaum on uh, the decision to go Bowles over Leftwich. I think they're in a win-now mode. Todd Bowles is an experienced coach, not only as a head coach, but he's coached for a long time. And I think Byron Leftwich has a bright future, but we're in a win-now mode, just not only with, obviously, the quarterback, but some of these other contracts. So I think it's the best of both worlds. But, Jay, well, going back to Keith, point, I think if we're running the Buccaneers, we can't expect Byron Leftwich to be there long term. Again, he was within a whisker being the head coach of the Jaguars, so they're going to be good again. He's going to be a hot candidate, and we got to be prepared for him to go. Yeah, you know what? I agree with that. Absolutely. I think that is definitely going to happen. But again, there will be doubters in regard to that offense. And was it all Tom Brady, Byron? Was it really you or was it Tom Brady? And that's always the thing that will work against a coach from time to time. But um, you know what? I'm so happy for Todd Bowles. Can I just say this personally right now? Um, I love Todd Bowles. This is a dude, man. This is a, a, a guy that is all about the game. Um, he's a man of character. He's a man that I respect greatly, and I'm glad he's getting another opportunity. And um, B.A. is he's just so progressive when it comes to this. You look at his staff and the diversity of his staff. This has always been a calling card of Bruce Arians and who he is as a person. It's one of the reasons why I love him. Sort of along those lines, Bruce Arians talked about why he's more concerned with his legacy than the Hall of Fame. number of people have already asked, why are you stepping away from the chance to go to the Hall of Fame and win another Super Bowl? Because I don't give a about the Hall of Fame. Secession is way more important to me. This has been my dream for a long time. Guys that know me, they knew I wanted one of my guys to take over. And that's more important to me than anything. And have a place where I could go and be welcome back. And obviously, I have a job now, and uh, I kind of love the, t- the title's pretty good. <laughs> we'll figure out what the hell it means soon. But, <laughs> but it's pretty damn good, and uh, I get to stay and have the relationships that I love. And 
I couldn't turn it over to a better person. Been together, boy, I hate to, I hate to say how many years, age both of us, but uh, Todd's going to do a great job. And uh, Toddy is going to do a great job. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. And the fact he's got Tom Brady as well. And Tom Brady um, is a guy that is going to run that offense for the most part. Now that now that B.A. has stepped away, this is something where, yeah, it'll be a collaboration between Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady. But I think it's one of the things that is very appealing to Tom Brady. If, in fact, the whispers are true out there that he looked at the possibility of coming back because Bruce Arians was stepping away. Um, I think a lot of it has got to do with the fact that maybe Tom Brady wanted to run his offense and Todd Bowles will let him do that. If, in fact, that is true, that could be a factor. Well, first of all, I keep going back to the quote in my mind of Bruce Arians saying he wouldn't trade Tom Brady for, what was it, five, five first-round picks? Yeah. No, he said it, he'd take five. He'd take five. That, yes. That's where he would draw the line. Uh, B.A. did address Brady, who, by the way, was in the room for all this. He was sitting front row front as if he row. were a reporter. Uh, B.A. said Brady coming back made this decision a lot easier. Yeah, I mean, kind of in the statement. Um, thought about it after the season, but again, it, it wasn't right. Um, obviously, going through the combine, going through all that process, um, trying to build next year's team without Tom. And then when Tom said he'd come back, it's like, now it's, now it's easy. Now it's easy. We're in the best shape we've ever been. Uh, it, it's a, no better time to pass the torch than now. I don't know what February brings, all right? But I know what today brings, and it makes me really happy. He also, and we don't have time to play the whole clip, but he went through and thanked a ton of people. And included in that list of people was Michael Bidwell and Steve Kime. So B.A. still has those cardinal Class. roots. But, uh, Class act, B.A. Yeah. It's, it, I don't, I mean, I guess with the Brady stuff, and even B.A. has retired and come back before. Uh, maybe maybe I shouldn't make the statement, but this feels like him actually retiring. Because of what he said a couple clips ago where he's got, he's still got a job. So I should say retiring from coaching. He's got a job where he can kind of do the stuff he wants and keep the relationships and, and I mean, we knew this before today, how important it was for him to get one of his guys or a couple of his guys into good head coaching positions. And he has absolutely done that with Todd Bowles because now Todd Bowles is coaching a Super Bowl favorite. That's a pretty good spot to be in. No doubt about it, man. And that that balance, if he's going to run this team defensively, if you're going to have any active player really run your offense, wouldn't Tom Brady be your first choice? Yes. I mean, they've, they've got this covered pretty well from both sides of the football. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. And again, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of offense is going to be run down in Tampa. Because with B.A., you know what kind of offense, mm-hmm. for the most part, you're going to see. It's going to be attack the line of scrimmage, the bash and bomb offense, and throw it down the field. Um, this might be a little bit more throw the ball underneath coverage Something that we've seen Tom Brady do with the Patriots. We'll see. We know what kind of defense they're going to run. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no secrets with Todd Bowles. With Zero. Kind of defense they're Here gonna it comes. Run. Yeah, just uh, just get ready if you're an opposing quarterback. All right, that is uh, going to do it for us here today. I want to thank Tom Chambers for joining us. Thanks to Aaron Maloney for producing the show. Jesse Morrison behind the glass as well. For Wolf, I'm Luke. we got Burns and Gambo coming up next right here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. No risk it, no biscuit.